0: Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host Wing speaking to you after the Raptors. It was a frustrating game. They play from behind all game. They get close, and Miami dangles the carrot in front of them, and then they take it away. They do that in the first half. They do that in the second half. They do that in the fourth quarter after the Raptors came within one possession of tying it, and uh, the Raptors lose one twelve to one hundred three against the Miami Heat, and. Look, this team has been very frustrating. We all know that. We, we've all seen it with our eyes. We've all heard the programming. We've seen it, uh, you know, in all the breakdowns. Um, you never really know what the problem is going to be with the Raptors uh, most nights. There's probably going to be at least one or two, you know. Uh, some nights it's the poor shooting. Some nights they don't come out defensively. Some nights they don't come out with a strong first quarter. Some nights they don't come out with a strong fourth quarter. Um... Whatever it is, there's always some sort of issue with the Toronto Raptors. And tonight, um, you know, I think it's pretty easy to identify what happened tonight. I thought this was Dennis's worst game as a Raptor. 4 of 18 from the field, 34, points, or 34 minutes for 9 points. Some key, key misplays down the stretch. Um, you know, missing layups, missing open threes, taking chance shots that weren't there really for him to take. And it's it's unfortunate because you wasted a really nice game from your two-star wings. Like, Pascal and OG were awesome tonight. Pascal had 30 points on 13 shots. Think about that. Pascal had 30 points on 13 shots. He went 9 of 13 from the field, uh, knocked out his three, which is great because he's been missing those threes, knocked out his three, got to the foul line 11 times, made all 11, which is great. You know, we've been on him about the free-throw shooting, free-throw shooting. After a, a pretty bad start to the season, he's actually gone into a really good rhythm and he's hitting on a consistent basis. OG Anobi, 23 points in 39 minutes, 8 of 13 shooting, and did a pretty decent job against Jimmy Butler. Like, I'll live with 19 against poor Jimmy Butler on 7 of 16 shooting. You know, obviously Jimmy was still effective overall. You can't really shut a man down, but at least kept him in check. But also offensively, OG was great. Um, But not enough from Dennis tonight. Did not pick his spots right. And, you know, for the first half, well, actually not for the first three quarters, not enough from Scotty either. Like Dennis, four of eighteen, Scotty five of seventeen. And Scotty picked it up. The difference between Scotty and Dennis is Scotty picked it up in the fourth quarter, got some threes to drop, um, was able to get a put back, you know, was able to push the ball, rebounded, you know, just his, his floor is a lot higher uh than what Dennis did, and he ultimately played better than Dennis tonight, but not enough from those guys. And you know, the Raptors bench was actually decent. Um, not like high scoring, not like eye-popping numbers, but played it decently enough, Gary, who I thought, you know, it, who knows how this game would have went if you had Gary down the stretch instead of Dennis coming back into the game for the fourth quarter uh, and you had the shooter out there. But more importantly, if you have Gary out there, he's not on the ball much, so it's going to be Pascal and Scotty with the ball in their hands. You know, what happens if you play the fourth quarter like that? And we'll I guess we'll never know. But Gary, I thought, shot it decently. I mean, it's not, nothing, like, too exceptional. It's your pretty much your average Gary Trent game, 15 points, 5 of 11 shooting, 3 of 7 from 3. Um, but, you know, I, it felt like that's what the Raptors needed, and the Raptors got away from that. Uh, there's lots of errors, though, over the course of the game. Um, you know, I'm not even trying to finger point. I just think that it's fairly obvious, and you got to be honest about what happened last night or this night. Um you know, I think it's on the collective starters as a whole. You know, um, Raptors getting out to slow starts is is a really, really frustrating and annoying trend. I mean, look, obviously both teams have had a lot of time off because neither team made the in-season tournament. But for the Raptors, they haven't, like, played in, like, four days. Um, So, what, they were off on the weekend, and today's Wednesday. Yeah, so the last game they played was last Friday. Um, So you can't say you're tired. They've gotten days off. You know, they've rested. They've gotten two practices in. They've been at home, like as much as you could really be. And so to see the Miami Heat, who are without Bam Adebayo, who has been their best player to start the season, without Tyler Hero, who's been the leading scorer to start the season, you know, without other pieces as well, come into this game and immediately take a 15 to 4 lead. Darko having to call the first timeout with uh, seven minutes and 39 seconds um, in the first quarter. It's terrible terrible what happened to protecting home court what happened to we got to start stronger we got to you know you know come out and play with some energy there's no excuses for coming out 15 to 4 and you know how it's bad energy because Jakob had two blocks in that stretch where he was able to block the shot and both times that he were able to get the rebound and ultimately recycle the possession And i think both for threes as well terrible terrible start but what's even worse is that the Raptors is coming out the timeout the after timeout play was terrible they got nothing good out of it and the heat just continued to roll after a minute and a half so at the 551 mark it's now 22 to 7 for Miami and darko calls timeout again and it wasn't until that point when this team really finally got something in 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 their wind and something in their sails and you know um i'll give them credit that 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 was probably their best stretch of the game between um you know the end of the first quarter and then the second quarter in general, I thought the Raptors offense actually moved really well. Um, And that stretch was a lot of OG and Pascal who didn't seem like they were that involved. The first priorities to start the game, Um, but you know, still uh, they were able to get it going and they were able to pull the Raptors back into the game. Um, You saw OG knock down a three after Pascal posts up. Uh, You saw OG drive and get a score around the rookie Thomas Hawkins jr. Um, you saw Pascal rotate over at the rim and block Jimmy Butler at the basket, uh, go the other way, touch the paint, and then kick out to OG for another three. Then you got Pascal posting up, spinning, and finishing around the rookie, uh, Jaime Hakez, once again. And so that's what actually pulled the Raptors back into a closer game and to the point where you could then turn it over to the bench guys. And look, I was nervous about the Raptors bench just because you're nervous about the Raptors bench every game. And also the Heat have pretty decent contributors off the bench, like, that Kevin Love played really well. I thought, you know, uh has played really well too, the rookie. So, you know, they got weapons on that front. But more importantly, I feel like the heat have a system that is able to generate them offense. You can plug whoever you need into this group and um it's it's not it's not going to have that much drop off. That's a sign to me of great organizational culture and great coaching. And you look at it tonight, you know, come into this game, unless you really heard the last five minutes of Today's Raptors show, when we had Amy Otterbert, who is with the Heat broadcast, of course, when we ask about Orlando Robinson, I'm sure most people, maybe 95% of people tuning into this game, had no idea who Orlando Robinson was, right? And he comes in, plays 33 minutes, gets to start for Miami, second-year player, undrafted, goes 15 points, 12 rebounds, four assists, three steals, a block, multiple key scores down the stretch, including a pivotal and one when the Raptors got close, including a spinning jump hook, that he, that he really got to a couple of times down the stretch and played really well, plus 27 in 33 minutes. Did you even know who that was? But what the Heat have is really strong infrastructure. The Heat have a strong system of play. And, yes, they're missing key players, but they're still able to contribute. Like, the Heat missing Bam and Tyler Hero. It's like the Raptors missing Pascal. And, I mean, who is even the equivalent of here on this team? Let's let's say, like, OG, you know, the Raptors wouldn't even be able to compete in a game like that. You know, it wouldn't even be close. But Miami comes in on the road none, nonetheless against the rested opponent off of multiple practices with a pizza party on the line. So no pizza for you tonight. And uh, they come in and do that to the Raptors. And, you know, like, that's not to say there's no good moments of the Raptors offense of the second unit I thought played well, uh, which is rare to say. But I thought Precious actually made a, a few really good decisions, you know, getting to the basket. Um you know, makes just a couple rolls to the rim. Malachi look confident. I don't know why he only played six minutes. Um, I mean I'm not like I don't need Malachi to play that many minutes, but still you needed more of uh scar production period. I mean, that's something that's so lacking across the board. As I pointed out many times, um, and this is not to disparage them, but it's mostly on the front office. The Raptors have the worst guard rotation in the league. Um but you needed good guard production, and Malachi I thought was actually okay, and more more than okay enough to play just six minutes. What happened to? We're gonna put our arm around uh, Malachi. We're gonna believe in Malachi. He actually did well today. Had a nice little crossover, drive into the lane, kick out to Precious for the dunk, uh, knocked down the only three he took. I didn't mind. It's better than you know what does what what Dennis did with the starters in substantially more minutes. Uh, and then Gary I think came in and just was Gary. You know, knocked down the open shots, came in, shot ready. Um, played well off of all the extra attention to OG, to Pascal as well, but, you know, did a decent job. It was, it was a struggle for him to get offense late one-on-one against Haquez, who is 6'8", who is very athletic um, and was able to keep Gary in front and force Gary to shoot over the length and Gary wasn't able to knock those down. But overall, I thought Gary played his role decently. I mean, if you're asking him to create off the dribble, most times that's not going to be an efficient shot, but, Still, you're asking me to catch a shoot. He did a good job of that. But to me, it was like, look, if if Dennis is struggling, if Scotty is struggling, it's got to go through Pascal and OG. And first half it did. First half it did. You know, like they, they were able to uh, get those two big forwards opportunities. And, you know, I, I, I love the aggression. You know, there was a play where I got a little nervous because Pascal went straight at Jimmy Butler. And, um, you know, it wasn't something that went well, like Jimmy blocked him, but Pascal kept going to Jimmy Butler. Two minutes later, goes straight at Jimmy, draws the foul on him, and again, he shot 11 free throws tonight. Super aggressive going to the paint. Then, uh, over the course of, you know, the second quarter, uh, a mid-range jumper over Jimmy Butler, uh, a mid-range jumper over, you know, Kyle Lowry. Just It felt like Pascal can get his shot a lot and whenever he really wanted. It was just a matter of how much the Raptors were able to feed him. And the fact that he only got 13 field goal attempts I mean I get it like he got fouled a lot so it's not that like he only used 13 possessions but it's not enough in a game like this Pascal had to touch the ball 20 shoot the ball 20 times that kind of that kind of scenario uh but you know the ball just didn't get to where he needed to get to OG I thought also did a great job of attacking closeouts pumping going to the basket knocking down threes again Seeing him take 10 threes and making five that shouldn't be too much of a rarity I mean obviously that's better than his averages but be aggressive with the three. Why not? Who else you want shooting the ball on this team? I want OJ and Obi shooting those threes. And so it was great to see that. And the Raptors, for the fact that they got down early, at least they got to the point where they were up two at halftime. And you're like, okay, overcame a slow start. But our bench was strong. Pascal and OJ are there. And if we just get Scotty, who we know is going to get going in the fourth quarter, and if we, you know, at least find the right rotation. This is a game where you probably need to adjust your rotation like the Heat did um you can make you know a push and take the lead and, and hold the lead well the Raptors come out of the third quarter and they absolutely blow it offensively it wasn't until the five minute and 54 second mark did the Raptors finally get their first made basket it was uh you know, Dennis got an offensive rebound after the Raptors missed an open shot. Pascal cut in behind. I thought Pascal did a great job cutting tonight, by the way. Uh, and scored an and one for the first bucket. That was actually the 534 mark. So the Raptors literally went the first six and a half minutes without a bucket to start the the, the third quarter. And, of course, Miami's defense, you got to credit them. They were smart. They're wily. That's what they do. No, no, bam out of bio. They're shot blocker. Well, how are they going to protect the paint? How about this? The Miami Heat took four offensive fouls on the Raptors in the third quarter alone? Four. Think about that. The Heat took two charges, one from Kyle, which Kyle's got to get his charge, and he did. Pascal drove baseline. Kyle snuck in late. Uh, Bang, bang, play, but Kyle gets the benefit of the doubt. Whatever happens. Kyle gets a charge. Uh, The Raptors commit another charge. I think, um, I forget who it was, but someone else also got a charge. They got a moving screen from Otto Porter, uh, and then you got, like, I forget what the other play is, but four offensive fouls on the Raptors in the third quarter alone. That's a putting the heat into the bonus where they were able to score. Also, b you're just giving the ball up so many times, and this is where I needed to see more from Dennis and ya- Jakob, who are typically running that pick and roll. I don't think they connected on a single pick and roll today, uh, but they they had some bad sequences today. Um, they couldn't get much from Scotty. In fact, they featured Scotty a lot to start the third quarter. I was like, okay, let's get him going. He got mismatches against Kyle. He got mismatches against Jaime Hakes. They fed him the ball. And both times he did very, very little with it. Um both times it was a near turnover. One of them actually was a turnover, but both times it was kind of going nowhere. Um it's just, it's just too it's just too, you know, it's too empty. Yeah. Open corner three for 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 Scotty in that stretch too. To start of the third quarter, he missed the open corner three as well. And um, yeah, I mean, just just not enough. And once again, it was OG and Pascal who got the team going and getting back on track because it was looking pretty bad. You know, the Heat went up 10 points after five minutes. Darko called timeout. At this point, Darko, I think, only had, like, two timeouts left in the game. Like, it's unbelievable how many timeouts he had to call. Um, But the starters, you know, tonight just did not play well as a group. Um, And, yeah, it was Pascal, you know, drove, touched the paint, kicked out. OG was able to attack the closeout, drive in for a layup. Then Gary's able to get a transition three. Uh, Gary with another three. Um, And then OG actually had an open look in the corner for three at the final buzzer there in the third quarter. He missed it, but the Raptors were down three at the end of the third quarter. And it was like, okay, you know what? A lot of guys haven't played well. We're we're, we're there, though. It's one possession. We're at home. The other team's banged up. We do have guys going. It's not like, okay, you know what? We're down, but nobody's going. We're going to get miracle offense from. We know where the offenses will come from. They didn't go to that. Instead, Darko goes with Scotty and four bench players to start the fourth quarter. And, like, we've talked about the Scotty plus four bench thing so much all season. We have seen it consistently all season. It's been 20 games. Darko has talked about how, you know, after every 10-game segment, they like to do statistical comparisons to um, see and track the progress of the team, update uh, what they're doing. But are there actual... Tangible changes that have come out of that. I'm sure they have been. Like, I'm not trying to dismiss that. Like, I, I, I definitely think that the Raptors don't just do the same thing every single day. It might feel like that when you watch it, because the results are similar, but alas, that's this is what they do. But the Scotty Plus bench thing, they continue to ride with it no matter what. And um, you know, the 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 game is right there, the game is absolutely right there. And you know what? Credit to Scotty, he knocked down a three from the top to tie it, uh To start the fourth quarter and you're like okay maybe it can keep going maybe it'll work and this is where even though i thought precious played well today little plays like this end up cascading into huge huge um momentum shifts there was a play where the heat with their bench came in and they struggling they make a bad pass they kicked it right to precious like literally somebody drove the lane and kicked it right to precious and now precious has the ball and he's bringing it up and it's like okay it's a three-on-one, and he's running on the wing. He's not running in the middle. He's running on the wing. And the whole time, you could tell the entire arena is saying, pass it, pass it, pass it. You can get it. Like, give it up and then get it back. That's totally possible. Probably you will find pressures in transition like that, finishing a lob or something. But instead, he tries to push it up himself and ends up carrying the ball, just straight dribbling off the court. Like, we're not talking about, like, oh, you know, a, a guy pressed him, and he, like, set the spin, or he had to split a double team, or, you know, whatever. There's no pressure at all. He just carried the ball running up the floor, and guess what? It's a turnover, and then going the other way, Jame Jr. gets the step on Precious, who, again, boldly proclaimed that he was going to be a top-five defender. Jame Jr., a rookie, like a good rookie for sure, like no doubt. Like, obviously, Miami's done a good job with that, um, an older rookie, but come on, drives them straight out of the corner, takes them all the way to the layup for the, for the, to the bucket for a layup. That alone is a four point swing in a game that was a, the Raptors finally had tied and they had given you literally gifted you the ball in transition. And instead of doing something productive with it, you choose to not just make the simple play to give it up. Instead, you bring the ball up yourself, you carry the ball. And then the next time down, you give up the layup. It's things like that, that force people To be upset and not just for people to be upset, that make people upset. And that leads to like this frustration. And I'm sure if you think you're frustrated, how do you think the players feel? They're fighting and they're trying to compete in this kind of situation. What is the goal of this team? Are we trying to win or are we trying to give as much rope to young players as much as possible so that they make every mistake in the book? Like, what is it? Right. Uh what else you got? You got Scotty missing two wide open threes. Whatever happens, uh, then you have Duncan Robinson coming off a screen, and it's it's a dribble handoff, and the Raptors somehow are down on it. Um, there's a miscommunication or a moment of indecision, and ultimately Duncan Robinson is able to step into a wide open three. He's an elite shooter, and the Raptors guess what have to call timeout. Uh, but in that situation, after that play happened, Darko throws his hands up. Scotty throws his hands up, looking back at Darko. I mean, yeah, Scotty was involved in the play. I'm not sure what the disagreement was. I'm not even sure who made the the error there because you're not on the court, obviously, to hear what the, you know, miscommunication was. But ultimately, bad body language, bad signs. And then Darkwood decides, you know what? I got to bring in my vets again. And you know what? Fine. Fine. I understand, like, if you don't trust your bench to really come in, you might need your second unit to give you a, a spark, okay? Or your, your first unit to come in a spark, I get it. But what comes with that, the what comes with the opportunity to close, is the importance of those guys coming in and closing well. And you saw Dennis come into the game, uh, and the, one of the first involvements he had, he was coming off of he was he was open at the top, and the Heat were in rotation, and the correct pass would have been to swing it to OG, who was fairly open on the three. Um, but instead, Dennis decided to attack the closeout, drive into an already congested paint, and turn the ball over. Um, you know, that was a deflating play. Dennis had a wide open three, uh, missed it. Luckily, Scotty was there for the putback, and he's able to, you know, get his own rebound after missing the first putback and getting it back. And guess what they do? Spo charges onto the court and calls a snap, angry timeout, yells at them. They're in control. He had been in control this whole game. But the moment they make one little slip-up like that, the coach gets on them. That's good coaching because what the Heat do after timeouts is they really respond, you know? And, again, hard to, hard to just always compound on one guy, but the mistakes were kind of centered around one player. Dennis has an opportunity uh, after the Raptors get a stop. The Raptors are out in the break. They hit it ahead to Dennis. He's running ahead of the pack, and he has a layup. I mean, it's a contested layup, but he has a layup, misses the layup, falls over, and going the other way, Duncan Robinson makes a layup uh, fairly uncontested on the other end. Another four-point swing. So the Precious thing was a four-point swing. The Dennis thing was another four-point swing. Um, and then you got another instance where the Heat put pressure on the paint. Duncan Robinson's in the corner. You know, Dennis has been guarding him the whole game. Dennis is a little bit late in no man's land. The ball rotates out to Duncan. And instead of closing on under control, he closes out, runs out. Jumps, swipes. Duncan is smart, sees that, takes one dribble, sidestep, lets the flyby go by. Nobody else is rotating behind him, but realistically no one else was in position to even do that. And Duncan hits the three. Huge, huge play. Then coming back up, the Raptors have the ball in pick and roll. Dennis in the pick and roll, throws up a little floater, misses the layup. And then going back the other way, Miami run a double screen and miscommunication once again for the Raptors. Good coaching by the Heat. And Duncan Robinson slips back door, rolls in for a rip for a layup, wide open. Like, I mean, I get it. You don't expect Duncan Robinson to be rolling to the basket. And it is a great, nice little wrinkle because the Heat weren't really running that for a lot of the game. But, damn, a lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes. And ultimately, it's going to be one of those games where after all of it, like, people are going to be mad at each other. And we're going to be calling once again for this to stop. Because I think for most people, it's not even about look, I dislike this player, I dislike this player. There's not really anybody on the team that you should, like, you know, well, I don't know what to say. You I, I, you could dislike people if you want to. But, like, I don't think people have any issues with any of the players personally, but as a collective group and the way that they are well, supposed to be organized, but the lack of organization, it's just not there. And the decision-making, you know, is just not crisp enough. Like, you saw a Heat team today come in shorthand and play with this much swagger, play with this many adjustments. Like, you know. it it was great to see it was great to see good basketball come in the building and 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 you know ultimately play with that kind of toughness and they're short-handed but you never really felt like it you know meanwhile the Raptors were chasing and down 10 you know 10 points the whole game coming back getting down 10 points coming back just too many mistakes too many mistakes and it's uh it's at the end of the day it's just frustrating to see it that's all you know um uh, the Raptors' schedule does get lighter. I, I saw that, what, 14, five of the next 14 games are uh, uh, against teams above 500. So a lot of like below 500 teams coming up. But here's the thing with the Raptors it's not like they're 9 and 12 because they have lost to all the good teams. You know, they're 9 and 12, but they've lost to a lot of like average ish teams. You know, like, in that middle range. Like, whatever. Am I expecting the Raptors to beat the Philadelphia 76ers or beat the Boston Celtics or beat the Milwaukee Bucks every time? No. Like, I think they're 1-6. Oh, yeah, 1-5 against those those three teams, right? But you know that's a, that's the top of the East. Also, they had the best players. That's what's, you know, the, the expected situation, right? The issue is the Raptors have lost to a lot of the mid-tier class of teams in the Eastern Conference. You know, um, when the Orlando Magic were coming up, the Raptors got blown out by them by thirty. And I guess Orlando is now just a really good team, so that's a bad example. But Cleveland at five hundred, Raptors at five hundred, they lost to that team. The Knicks coming in two games above five hundred, the Raptors one game above under five hundred, they lose to the Knicks. Um, and that's here in Toronto, by the way, that they lost to the Knicks. Um, when the Bulls Raptors play the Bulls, they lose to the Bulls. When the Raptors play the Miami Heat, who were two games over five hundred today, they lose to the Heat. You know what I mean? Like if you not only do the Raptors need to show that they're better than this group for the front office to actually continue rolling with it, but they have shown that they're not even like consistently beating the teams that should be in their tier. And what that tells you is you are below that tier. Maybe like you can get better and play better collectively. Those are all things that any team can lay like, claim to very few teams play perfect basketball. Some teams have really good talent uh, and they make, some teams make fewer mistakes than others. You can, but no team plays perfect basketball. But you know, for this team currently, they a make a lot of mistakes, b show a lot of growing pains, c have a lot of inconsistencies. Kind of as a result, and of both a and b, and at the end of the day, the result is just underwhelming. You know, uh, so a lot of decisions. I know we talked a lot about the tw- 10th anniversary of the Rudy Gay trade today. Where's the Rudy gay trade for this team? If that's if that's even there. And even that, like, no one even really expected that, that trade to re like ignite the whole team. Like, all we're trying to do is just hit hit on pass hits, you know, like we're trying to find our Kawhi trade part part two. We're trying to find our Rudy Gay trade part two. We're trying to find our Gravis Vasquez trade part two, the Barnani trade part two. Like, I don't know. Where where is this team going? Where are the ideas? Where are the improvements going to come from? I know they're not as bad as they showed here today like I know Dennis is a lot better than what he played as tonight and you know it's gonna be a difficult conversation for him to come on the show tomorrow and I will respect him for doing it but he's he's gonna you know receive a lot of questions about the struggles in this kind of game um Scotty I thought was also just largely absent for three quarters it's it's tough it's been a pattern that's happened a lot last year this year very very rarely um obviously I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt but ultimately you know the facts are the facts. And then the bench is just a bench. It, it, it's, uh, it's frustrating all around, you know. So, anyway, to to, to end the podcast, your three starts from tonight's performance. First time's going to go to Pascal. 30 points, four rebounds, six assists, a block. 35 minutes, 9 of 13 from the field, a 3, 11 of 11 from the free throw line. Played great. Just didn't get the ball enough. Uh, It's tough. I mean, offensive, or defensively, he could have done a better job in the first half. Caleb Martin really had a cooking, but I don't know. It's, it's it's also a bit random because he had 23 points in the first quarter, or first half, and then one point in the second half. So, yeah, but ultimately Pascal played really well. Uh, OG is going to get your second star, 23 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, a steal, a block, 8 of 13 from the field, 5 of 10 from 3, 39 minutes. Uh, I thought Darko wasn't going to overplay his guys, but he's going to play 39 minutes. I mean, honestly, I don't even hate it. Like, But, yeah, not... Uh, again another guy who didn't get the ball enough uh and then your third star i'm gonna give it to gary 15 points off the bench in 25 minutes had a great shot to close this game but uh, ultimately didn't so your Gerald Henderson award winner you can go a number of places with this i think ultimately you have to go with caleb martin um you know his start in the first half was just ridiculous like he had 15 points in the first quarter he had 23 at half like he was cooking um and the second half he didn't have as big of an impact but it didn't even matter like if you're telling me one of the secondary tertiary players on the heat are going to give you that type of production, you take that all day and uh, credit to them. But the heat are full of those guys, man. Uh, Orlando Robinson picked it up in the fourth quarter. How many did some good work in between also two way stuff. Cause I thought Gary really struggled to get a shot off against them. Um, uh, they just a team that consistently make, makes great plays no matter what. And they, they play through the struggles and they come through with the wins and, um, you know, I think what, what's difficult about the, uh, that assessment is the Raptors had a lot of those characteristics. And, you know, when you see Kyle in the building and you think about the old days, like, yeah, we know what the old days were. They were pretty good. And you compare it to now, it's that's why it's more frustrating to see it. But, hey, how many times can one man say frustrating on one episode, right? So thanks everyone for listening. Please continue to rate, review, and subscribe to the Raptors show. And uh, I'll check back in after the Raptors play in Charlotte on Friday. Please bounce back. at 590 The Fan. And this is CBS Sports Radio. Night sleep now. You come out like Wolverine.